J-Lo. Yes. We went out to dinner last night. There's more stuff to talk about than this. Oh, yes. The, just this. Yes. But I kind of came to a weird conclusion sometime last night or early this morning. Can I, can I put my head here? On my shoulder? Yes. You can, but I do have osteoporosis, so that shoulder bone could break in half. It's not going to break. Bubs. Ah. Hey. <laughs> Just joking, man. And for that? No for that. No for that. No for that. Okay, 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 okay. All right, give me a kiss. <gasps> silly okay. boy. So, yes, yeah, silly boy. Okay. We go out to dinner. Uh-huh. And it's a big group of person. People. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. People. The group. <laughs> I dislike what can I say? <laughs> so I like to dislike. <laughs> as the kids call it. Dyslexic has an X in it, bub. I know, but I'm saying this is the kid slang for it. They call it, hey, are do you are you dyslexic? Do you dyslexic right now? That that's Rick slang. That's what the kids all the kids are you saying. You should write a you should write a Instagram. book. Hey, Bubs, you should write a book of your um creative uh, Rick Slang words. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, the person who organized it, though, mm-hmm. me and her go way back. Mm-hmm. Not, not in that type of way, though. Mm-mm. Okay. And you know her not as well as I do, although maybe now it's starting to change a little bit. Okay. But... In any event, up until last night, I always just assumed that this person was really, really, really depressed uh-huh. and never did anything with their life. Yeah. And I'm thinking, maybe I was wrong about that. But that's not the thing that got me. That was part of it. But the yeah. other thing was yeah. she said, you blew me off once when, when we were going to go and do karaoke. And I had no memory of that. Well, it, it probably, and, and here's what I thought, too, when she said it. Go ahead. It probably meant something different to her in her own head. Because mm. when somebody says, okay, we should do something, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to do something. I felt really bad about that, though, when she said that. And I'm like, oh, did I? Oh. Ah. Well, I felt even worse when she said, uh, well, I mean, I, I felt bad for her. I wasn't there when this happened, obviously. But yeah. That um, not only did you not show up, but the other person didn't show up. And I'm like, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, to her credit, she, I, I, judging by last night, she really does know how to put a good dinner together. I will say that. Well, it's not like she made it. You know what I meant? I know what you meant. Oh, my goodness. Organize the dinner, okay? Right. Organize, not put it together. <laughs> but we don't want to sing our praises too much. But here's where yeah. this relates to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I was thinking about this a lot this morning and last night. And you always want to, at least I do, work on making yourself better in some little ways. And maybe I still have a bit of a hater in me. You know what I mean? A hater in you? Well, in the sense that I was expecting one thing from this dinner. Uh-huh. I wasn't sure if the person who organized it was going to be, like, overly emotional or depressed uh-huh. or anything like that. And is that a sign, me going into that with this expectation of me being a hater in some small way? Maybe not, like, a full-on just bad-mouthing everybody. 
Uh-huh. But maybe there's some stuff there to work on. And it doesn't mean that I have to, like, reach out for her and ask forgiveness. But maybe what Mm -hmm. it could translate into is be more mindful of how you think about people and the energy you put out into the world. And I know that that sounds super hippie. but It really does. In some ways, I am that, as you know. What do you think of what I just said? Um... I think that the the fact that you recognize that about yourself is a good sign. Yeah. That it's not like you're not stuck in this rut where I'm always I'm going to not like such and such or mm-hmm. so and so, right? But um you know, I mean people change and you know maybe she was having a good day. Yeah. And you know even though there were people that didn't make it for various reasons then, um, you know, there was a good turnout. There really was a good turnout. There was quite a number of people there. But we could take it off of her and apply it to other people in my life. Like, oh. how often do I just, like, randomly make fun of other people? But it, it's with me, I don't see this coming from a place of hate as much as I think of it as I just give people shit because that's my sense of humor, that's my sensibility. But a psychologist might argue that, well, yeah, that is your sense of humor, but the reason it is, is maybe it's a defense mechanism from your childhood. And that doesn't make you a horrible person, but since you've recognized it, maybe this is an opportunity for growth. It makes you a horrible person if you keep doing it Mm -hmm. without being aware of it. And that doesn't mean that I have to change overnight. But this is something to look at. Well, I will say this. We've all made fun of people in our lives. I'm guilty of that just as much as you are. Yeah. And everybody else is. Because we we do either have people in our lives or know people in the past that just really irked us. Mm -hmm. And the more you think about them, they irk us even more, right? Um, So so I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm innocent and all of that because I'm not. Um, But... Maybe focus more on the better qualities of the person so much uh, more than what you would uh, in the past. Just, just to see if maybe um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that it comes from your childhood necessarily, but I think it's definitely a defense mechanism to try to deal with the problem at hand. Yeah. Let me tell you a story that came up in my head this morning. I shouldn't say story. This is something that actually happened. Okay. Okay. We're going to say this is 2000s-ish. So I was living in Denver, Colorado at the time. Uh And there was a girl who was attracted to me. And through my actions, I think I think it was on both sides, but nothing ever happened between us. Mm -hmm. I think partially... I had too many defense mechanisms in play. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean if I didn't have those things, we would be together forever and ever and everything (laughs) would be perfect. Yeah. But I do think things might have ended up a little bit differently had I not relied so much on the cynical aspect of my personality. And that came up this morning. When I was in the shower, I started thinking about this stuff. Oh, yeah? A lot more, yeah. Um... But you don't actually hate these people. No, no. But I think, because you know how I am, babes. I give people shit. But it's not like I actually, there's very few people. And I've been the butt of those jokes, too. Oh, my goodness. But there's very few people in this life who I actually hate. But 
sometimes I, I give people a lot of shit and they may come across a certain way. And in my head, I think I, it's just good and fun because I grew up in an environment to where that was just always going on in my house. We're always like criticizing each other and putting each other down. And, and it was a fun pastime. Is that what you mean? I, 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 it just always went on. So in my mind, I interpret it as, you know, I like you if I'm willing to give you shit to your face. But in reality, other people might see that as, I get that you like being honest, bro. But you go a little bit too overboard. Yeah. Um, I think that people are different. Like, people handle criticism differently. Yeah. I grew up in a house where I kind of felt like I was... Um, there was some criticism going on um, on both sides of my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't just to me, but it was to my other siblings. I think I got a lot of the brunt of that in some ways. Oh. Um, I mean, at least I feel that way. I don't know if that's true. And um, I don't always handle criticism very well. I mean, I, I get a little bit um, defensive where my, my first reaction is to defend myself. And then I have to think, okay, wait a minute. Maybe it's not really the right battle to fight. Maybe I need to just cool off and just deal with it later on. Because there are times where I have been... Um, I have been criticized uh, sharply in my own family, and and what really frustrates me is that there are people in my family that like to sweep it under the rug. Yeah, and they don't want to deal with it, and that's what that's the biggest problem I have is that they don't want to deal with it, and I feel like if I even say anything, then they're going to just sweep it under the rug again. And in some ways, I'm kind of like the opposite of that, right? And you know this about me. I like to take everything out from under the rug. (laughs) It's not always a good thing either. No, no, there's a balance. So I think that I got the worst of it, right? Mm -hmm. But because I'm older now and I've done a lot of work on myself, whether that's talking to shrinks or having long, heartfelt conversations with friends who have taken this path before me or doing a lot of self-help exercises or meditation or psychedelics, I obviously am smart enough to know that, well, of course, I'm going to think I had it the worst because that's my perspective. And your perspective is always going to be a little bit slanted towards yourself. So even though I think, oh, I had it the worst out of everybody in my family, that's not necessarily reality. That's just Rick's view of the reality, right? Um, but some some people but, in your family might actually agree with you. But that doesn't make it true either. And a lot of people would maybe rightfully disagree with me. But here's the thing, right? So whether that's true or not is almost inconsequential because it's how I felt when my personality was developing. And so maybe that's why I use humor as a defense mechanism because it was what I felt I could get away with at the time. Oh, I've gotten so irritated with you at times for that. Mm. Well, remember, remember back then when we weren't cooking yet yeah. and we started cooking together and you just thought that everything I did was funny. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm trying to do this. You're in my kitchen. What are you doing? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do this and I'm actually taking it seriously, but you're laughing for what? And I, I really did get irritated and I told you that before. Oh. And there are just times where just was I was just really 
a, a, a really uh, irritated, like, how dare you laugh at the situation when I'm actually not laughing? But again, the fact that you recognize that is a good sign. Now, here's the deal, too. Some people can be really extreme with this. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I could come to you now and say, I've realized this problem and I'm never going to do this again. And I will keep my sense of humor in check and we're only going to laugh at uh, PG rated stuff. And that's a little too much. And then the next time you screw up, I'm just like, as a man who's worked on improving himself, I will not find this funny. If we're going to be honest, I'm still going to do this stuff. So maybe the answer isn't that I completely change overnight and I pretend that, you know, I'm this evolved person now. Maybe the answer is to realize this is something I need to work on. It's not going to come overnight. And maybe the end goal isn't that I change my personality completely and get rid of the cynical aspect of myself. But I learn how to keep it in check slightly more than I do now. Yeah. In other words, you're still going to get shit from me. Just maybe I'll, I'll realize that I'm doing it quicker and pull away from that aspect of life. Well, and you also have to keep in mind the kind of person you're dealing with. Oh. I may be able to take it a little bit more than somebody else. You've been, in, in a sense, you've been uh, verbally vaccinated by me. Right. Because at the beginning of our relationship, some of the stuff I said, say now, would have probably driven you completely over the wall. But now that you've had exposure to um, to uh, Rick's version of vaccination verbally, you, verbally? Can ha- you can handle that stuff a little bit. Better. I don't know if I call it verbal vaccination. I yes. think I'd call That's it. That's what um, we're calling this episode. I th- no, no, no. I think I think I would call it um, customization. Okay. Not verbal vaccination, yeah, but customization. So I've got accustomed to it. Not that it, not that I'm numb to it, but I, I, I expect I would not expect anything less than you from you. Yeah, yeah, like you, <laughs> you do know that I am gonna continue giving you shit, but I, I might do it again a little bit less, and that's better than just like, you know, just it's better to work on yourself even if you're not striving to perfection, even if you're striving just to be slightly better. So there's something I read, and I know this is really simple, but it was in the Moby books that I read earlier this month. And it's not an original thought, but he was talking about his childhood pain. And he said that he once read this bumper sticker that said, hurt people hurt people. Which again... that's true. Yeah, it's true. I totally believe that because a hurt person will hurt anybody. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's about accepting the fact that this is a defense mechanism. Don't get rid of it completely, but examine it. Examine it and maybe figure out how to work with it instead of letting it control you. And then you've got the other people that continuously um, hurt people no matter what anybody says. Yeah. And that's not healthy at all. Exactly. It's not healthy because it shows that they haven't grown at all and they don't want to grow. Here's a question. Yeah. What does the Bible say about ignorance? So let me give you an example that's sort, kind of similar to this, but I'm going to change it around. Mm-hmm. Let's say somebody is a Christian. Mm-hmm. They go to church. Mm-hmm. But they also hurt people regularly. But it's unintentional. 
And they're just never aware that they do it in their lifetime. Now, they're, they're probably going to heaven because they have accepted Jesus and they do try. But they just, when people confront them about this and say, hey, I know you're a good person, but sometimes you're a little bit over the line with this. They always think that that person's wrong. What does God say about that type of ignorance or well, the Bible? Well, let me, let me talk. Maybe I should should refer to this in church capacity. Go ahead. So if a person is in the church and in a church, I should say, and they are causing, you know, division and dissension and they, uh, two or three witnesses confront them. Yeah. Like maybe two, maybe one person confronts them, two or three witnesses confront them. And if they don't listen, put them in front of the church and have them decide to exclude this person or not. And and what I mean by pull pull uh put them out, um if exclusion happens, they're put out for a time, and at that time you um you treat them as um as you would treat somebody outside of the church, but you but you know, not being mean to them, but understanding that, hey, um you, there are some things you need to work on. You can't come back until we know for sure that you're working on these things. Oh, but that may sound so that may sound harsh. Yeah, but that has to happen because that's that's what's um, um, and the Bible talks about uh, about church discipline, and that's that's what that's what a person needs to go through is a dis- disciplining process. Nice. Um, but I think when it comes to individuals, um. It's it's very it's very difficult yeah. to deal with them individually. It's one thing if they're in church capacity and a, and the church can deal with this individual and figure out what to do. But when you're dealing with somebody individually outside of that, it it gets a little bit difficult. And I could even you know look that up. Nice. I, I'm not sure what you would call that. Yeah. Um, and and, and a lot of uh, church people, uh, some of them, not all. Some of them can have uh, some really bad attitudes just as much as the people outside. And sometimes even worse. Yeah. Oh. What? Okay. That's true. I know. I know. I know. I just, I th- I just want to make sure you're awake. I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but um, it's, a, it's a little bit, it can be very difficult. Yeah. I think one thing I'm going to do to work on this is it's something that I'm going to visit and continuously revisit in morning pages uh, or my journal entries. I think that's a good first start. And just because that helps me be a little bit more aware and maybe also practice some loving kindness meditation towards people who I may have gone a little bit overboard with, with my words in the past. I, so when I think about that stuff, um, I think a lot about, you know, and I've talked about being gracious. Yeah. And I have to remember that the people that can really irk us in our lives, or mm-hmm. maybe they did at one time, you kind of have to be a little bit gracious because they probably don't even know that they're doing it. Exactly. And and in fact, you might be irking somebody and you probably don't know that you're doing it. Oh, I'm sure I irk a lot of people. You know, or maybe I do. Maybe it's just the way, uh, maybe I do. I mean, I don't know about any of them, but I wouldn't be surprised if I did and that but I didn't know about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that somebody once said 
who I don't get along with anymore, but it was really solid. Okay. And I don't mind giving people credit, even if they have a problem with me. Yeah. yeah. Right. So he was talking to somebody else mm-hmm. and they had had like a big blow up the night before. Oh, okay. And one, I, I know I don't use names here, so that's why it's going to sound so weird, chopped up and muddled yeah. and weird, but here, here it is. Yeah. One guy says to the other, I know we blew up at each other last night and I want to apologize for my part of it. I believe that the sentiment behind what I said was correct, but I could have phrased it better. And he said something. You're here to challenge me and I'm here to challenge you. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a thing to where maybe we should irk people once in a while. And it doesn't mean that either one of us are bad, but it's a way of challenging the other one's perspective. Yeah, or some people may be irking someone not even by talking, not even by action. It's just there's something about this person that they don't like and they don't realize it. Um, but you're right. Um, we we challenge each other every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody does. Whether we agree with their um, way of life or philosophy on life, we do challenge people and that's what makes um, human beings so fascinating. There's something else that's been coming up the last week. Yeah. I think the two are related, but I'm not quite sure how yet. And this is not a new thought, but it, it for some reason it's been coming up on my head a lot. Mm-hmm. I've taken inventory of the people in my life who I felt have really done me wrong on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Not somebody from a big corporation who did something, but people who I've actually known. Individually. Yeah. And I'm not in contact with them, uh-huh. but you hear things. Yeah. Maybe from, a little too much. Exactly. <laughs> from what I can tell, none of the people who are still alive, who have really done me wrong, none of them are doing that well in life. Mm. And... When I was younger, I would look at that and think, oh, yeah, that's great. They're failing. That's awesome because they screwed me over so bad. Yeah. But when I'm older, I think to myself, huh, that's interesting. Like, it's not a good or a bad thing. It just kind of is now. Like, oh, isn't that interesting? There's yeah. kind of a weird pattern. There are times where I've gone through where I'm just like, I hope my, I hope my memory haunts them forever. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope that they think of me all the time. I when hope they're... that on their deathbed they'll say, <laughs> my biggest regret was screwing over Alana. Not quite the way you said it, but... Exactly. You're a little bit extreme with that, but... no i'm just thinking i hope they think of me every chance they get i hope they see my face in their head um but at the same time i'm like um i gotta think okay maybe maybe they're sorry about it maybe they're not sorry about it um i mean i even think about the bully that bullied me in seventh grade yeah maybe she grew up from that and realized okay that was really stupid or maybe she could still be bullying people and uh, that was just uh, another uh, person on her, um, on uh, another notch in her belt, whatever. I don't know. Uh, you would hope that people grew up uh, from what they used to be when they were kids. Did I ever tell you, babes, that I had somebody who bullied me and a couple years later mm-hmm. they came up to me and apologized? Really? And it was like really sincere, like their actions had changed. Really? So 
When I was in first grade, I went to, I think, Sandy Elementary. Uh-huh. We moved around for a while. We moved away right before first grade ended. And then in fourth grade, I moved back. And this ex-bully came up to me. He's like, hey, I really regret bullying you. But the rest of the time I was there, like, through his actions, I could see that he had actually changed. Like, it wasn't just something he said once. He, You could tell that this kid had grown as a person. So and, so how long was he bullying you for? He bullied me a couple of times in first grade. Okay. But, like, that says something to me. Yeah, it does. When you someone, know. you know, okay, so here's another story. Um, I'm not going to mention this guy's name, but when I went to the blind school, there was this, um, and it was a year uh, before I left, there was this kid that really had a thing for me, but I had never showed him any interest. I just wanted to be friends. Yeah. It was not, you know, I was not... I thought I was too old for this kid anyway, and he was, uh, you know, way too young, and I just, it, it, he wasn't my type, really. And he just was, like, very open about his crush, and he, he did go out with other girls, but it was obvious to everybody, including my music friends, that he really liked me. And then I leave the school in 2000, 2001, I'm, I'm in a program, and he happens to be there with his uh, grandmother and his um, his mom and sister uh, because he's um, thinking about attending. And at this time, I was a student, and he comes up to me, and he's like, you know what? I'm really sorry I tortured you. I'm like, oh, that's okay. It wasn't that bad, actually. <laughs> it's good to reach out to people when you can. But I appreciate it because I'm yeah. thinking I'm never going to see this kid again. And uh, we ended up uh, being better friends because of it. That's cool. I like stories like that. Yeah, I love that. I love that too. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think about that. I'm like, I think about the people that did me wrong. And I also think about the people that were so, um, that so impacted my life in a positive way. The other thing I think about too, babes, is how many people out there do you think see you as the enemy? based on past actions. I really don't know. I'm sure there's some with me. There might be with me, but if there is, I don't know. I mean, I've I've tried my best to be consistent with the way that I am around people, mm-hmm. and if they don't like it oh well, but I don't I don't know if there is any with me. There there might be. There there might be someone who thinks I'm like the most annoying person in the world. <laughs> But, um, you know, when, when some people either are missing and they die because of a murder, yeah. some people will say, well, this person had no enemies. And I'm thinking, are you sure they had no enemies? I think everybody past a certain age does. I'm sure that they do. And if they are, and, and, and most likely the person who was their enemy or who thought that they were the enemy killed them or whatever it is. But I'm pretty sure that I have an enemy somewhere. I don't know about. <laughs> yeah. But it's like we we got to work as people or maybe not got to. I think it would be beneficial to work on being the hero of the story than just being somebody's villain. The, her- the hero of your own story? Well, not the, just the hero of your own story, but we want other people 
at least I do. I shouldn't mm-hmm. say we. I would like it if there was at the end of my life there was more people who looked at me as the good guy instead of like the villain of their life. You know, I was just thinking about this just now. Tell me. And we should talk more about the dinner because I thought it was awesome. We were we are gonna get to that. And okay, so there was this kid, I won't say his name, and I remember that um I was at a track meet at my school. I think this was like the first or second year that I went to the track meet. And there was this boy that was just, oh, he was obnoxious. He was mean. He was rude. And I'm like, oh, I feel so bad for the teacher as to handle him. Because there were all these kids that were coming from different um, schools and different districts. And mm-hmm. and uh, one of my friends um, came um, all the way from Idaho and you no you okay go ahead sorry dumb mm. dad joke keep going oh my goodness <laughs> anyway <laughs> so i don't know whatever happened to that guy but i really hope that he matured because he was just the most immature obnoxious kid ever and he just was very he was a volatile kid and i'm thinking i hope i i now that I think about this kid as I'm talking, I'm thinking, I wonder if he had some problems at home because a lot of the problems come from uh, what's been going on at home and he can't express it. I, so yeah. he's expressing it in a very mean and rude and obnoxious way. A saying that I find myself going back to more and more since the start of the pandemic is... Everybody is fighting a battle that you know nothing about. And who said that? I heard it on a YouTube channel, but I'm sure it came from someplace else. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another um, example of trying to think of um, somebody great in a gracious way and, and try to handle it that way and say, you know, maybe this person was really going through a lot of stuff and they just don't know how to express it. And they're expressing it negatively. Yeah, and and yet, how do we balance that with yes and it still doesn't mean that I want to be around this person, at least not at this time. Right. So I, there's, there's so many different levels because I would love to be the person who just like spends all of his day either meditating or making love. And is just zened out and is friendly to everybody, no matter how they act. But at the same time, that's unrealistic. And it's also unfair to the people, even though they're acting up because they're hurt, they still need to learn the lesson that it's not okay to always act up. I think it can be done, but I think it has to be done in a different way. Mm. It has to be done in in, in um, a different approach. Like, I remember hearing a story. Um, I can't remember who told the story. And I think it had to do, it, it had to do with somebody that was living in a different country. And there were these um, people that were coming to this woman's house. And I think they knew she was a Christian. And they were going to, I think they were going to arrest her or something. Oh, good. Or kill her or whatever. For being a Christian. Yes, yes. Okay. And, but she was like... Oh, you're just in time. You know, I know you're supposed to do your thing, but um, would you like to come in for some coffee? <laughs> now, in my reaction to me, I would be like, I don't know if I would be daring enough to do that, but good on her because 
they he distract she distracted them so to the point to where they had to put down their weapons and go in and and drink some coffee and that was a way for her to talk to them and get to know them and i'm like wow uh, good on her that's something that's that would be considered in my eyes very brave yeah but she got them to drop their weapons because they were supposed they were going to do some damage to her yeah so let's bring this to like our own lives and i'll give myself as the example because i love talking about me okay and then we can maybe expand out to you and your thoughts okay i've already expressed that while i think i can go too far with sarcasm and i want to work with on that it's not going to go away overnight but the other aspect of it is in there are situations where maybe that is actually still a good thing. If somebody is like, let's say I'm out with somebody and I notice that they're always like a dick when I'm around them, then sometimes some sarcasm might be good for that person to hear. Right. Well, so how, how do we balance the sarcasm can be bad and it can be overwhelming. And um, yet there are occasions where it still might be good for other people to hear. I think that there are times where you do have to put someone in their place. Yeah. Even if you do have to use sarcasm, mm. even if you have to, um, uh, even if you have to give them a taste of their own medicine, because they'll never learn. Yeah. You just don't, you know, you just don't act that way to certain people. You don't, you can't be rude to the waiter or the waitress just because you think you can. And uh, some people can get very entitled would you say? I would say that, yeah. And sometimes they need to um, be put in their place and shown that you just don't get away with it. That's not how an adult acts. Yeah. I, don't, I can't stand when people are rude to their servers. I know. So I, okay, so I dated this guy and I couldn't believe when he said this. Go ahead. He likes his steaks well done. Okay. And I and, and thankfully I never I never witnessed this, but he said that if his steaks were not well done, he would be very very rude to the staff, like the cook and the and I'm like, yeah, but they're they're the ones that are cooking the stuff for you. Yep. They're the ones that are serving it to you, and they're probably not making a lot of money in tips, and you have to take that into account instead of being. And, and thankfully, I never, I never experienced this. And I'm just like, this is going to be an embarrassment if that ever happened. But um, that's why, that's one of the reasons why we broke up, I okay. guess. <laughs> so I was at a blindness event. Uh-huh. This was out of state, but I was living in Colorado at the time. But we uh-huh. were, you, you know, doing our thing and we traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. And... I thank God I was not in the room when this happened because I would have been so freaked out. Oh, yeah. But I'm sharing a room with somebody. Mm -hmm. They came back and they're like, you know, I was just hanging out with so-and-so and and it was so funny. They got on the phone with room service and cussed them out for this very little thing. And I thought to myself, that's not funny at all. Did you? Did did they really do that? Yeah. And he was like, oh, it was so funny to hear them on the phone just, you know. Just, like, go into these people. That's horrible. I For know. what? I don't remember. This is years and because, years Because, I mean, that's... You'll have to tell me the story, the rest of it well, in private. And the thing is, it actually involves somebody who you kind of know. Oh, no. Are you serious? I'm, I'm dead serious. Not, not that you're, like, besties with, but you know... You've talked to the guy who told me that he thought this was funny. 
that's not funny at all. They're yeah. they're I mean the 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 waiters, the waitresses, the shoppers who shop with you, the um I mean they're the people that are serving you. And the least you could do is treat them with a little respect. Yeah. I just I mean, I never grew up thinking that it was okay to get into people's faces or or curse them out over the phone for something as little as I don't know what it was. Do you remember what it was about? It's something to do with their food, and I don't even think it was that big of a thing. That's like I insane. think the person was calling to try to get money off their order. Yeah, that's insane. I didn't. I wouldn't be laughing about that. I would feel really bad on the other end of the line because I was taking the brunt of that criticism. Exactly. After I just did my best to serve you food. Yep. I mean, because they they have the right to spit in your food. Or, well, I don't know if they have I mean, the right, they but they the could right. do it. I mean, they could spit in your food. They could sneeze in your food. You could get sick. They could do a whole bunch of stuff to your food. And some people do just to say, okay, you you want to you wanna get mad about this? Okay, I'll show you. But it's even <laughs> no. more than that. Like, let's say they don't go to that extreme. Let's uh -huh. say that they're a good person. It's still... And I know I'm going to sound like a hippie here, but you are putting negative vibes out into the universe when you don't have to. Yeah, it sounds really new age. Oh, my goodness. But no, no, that's not funny at all. I just didn't think I I never, ever would think that that would be a good thing to do. It's just not a good idea. Because what if they sued the person? Okay, that's yeah, I guess they could. I don't know. Maybe. I, I look at it more like just try to be a good person to some extent. <laughs> Try to be, you know, try to be thankful that they're even serving you because but, they don't have to do that. But that could also be that person's defense me mechanism, just like tickling is yours, just like being a little bit too cynical and sarcastic is mine. Oh, I only do that to you, Bubs. Nobody else. Nobody else. That's my de defense mechanism for you. What do you think your defense mechanism is for people at large then? That what? Okay, so you say that you only do that to me, but for everybody. Hmm? who you know, what do you think your biggest defense mechanism is? That's a good question. Um, When I'm being criticized, a lot of times I just don't say anything. Mm. That's really hard. Um, and, it, and it's even harder when it comes to my family. And when I was a kid, I was always raised to respect authority. But it gets a little bit harder when the authority is overbearing and you don't think that they're doing something right. How and and I'm still trying to figure out how to handle that. Yeah. Um it's not it's different when it's teachers for me because I was always taught, you know, don't talk back to your teacher, it's rude. And I never I never once did that. Um and I also was taught don't talk back to your parents or your relatives, that's rude too. But when they constantly do it and they're not in the right, it's sometimes it's just better to just not say anything and I'm like, okay, fine, you win it this time. See, that's so weird to me because at least with teachers, we were always encouraged to talk back. I mean, maybe not as little kids, but when I started going to MLC, mm -hmm. the teachers encouraged debate in the classroom. They wanted you to question them on things. Maybe they, they thought that it went too far sometimes, but they weren't just out there to raise a group of followers. Yeah, right, right. I wish that I was encouraged to do that because mm -hmm. when I was a kid, I was kind of shy um until I got into my own um groups of friends and I was but 
but I still had a shy streak in me because I'm just like, what if I say this? What are they going to think of me? Now that I got, that I get older, there are times where I'm like, you know what? There are going to be times where I will have to speak up and I can't be afraid of this, but it is, it is tough. It, it's like a push in a pool, pool for me. Yeah. Um, it's like I grew up in a different family and I'm also struggling as an American woman and not just that, a blind woman, um, trying to advocate for myself. It's, it's not easy at all. And you have the extra disability or disadvantage of being Filipino. That's not a disadvantage. Oh, oh give me a kiss. No. Okay, give me a kiss. Oh, oh my goodness. Give me a oh. kiss. I, I'm not going to use um, ethnicity to describe my disadvantages. No, no, no. That was a joke, babes. Beca a little too woke. Because I'm Filipino, too. <laughs> and me and my sister now joke that because my mom was paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah. We like to joke that the part of her uh, 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 the part of her that was schizophrenic was comes from the Filipino side. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Thank you. Um, they do scare easily. <laughs> At oh. least the ones that I know. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Um... No, it's just, it's just tough. I mean, a lot of times I just don't say anything. Yeah. And I just have to think about it. And, and, um, I'm not the kind of person that wants to just tear people apart initially because I know it's going to end really badly. And for me, it's the opposite. It's, it's hard for me to bite my tongue sometimes. Yeah. And just like, you know, okay, let this person get out what they need to say, and then we'll go from there. And I think that's why it's easy to do that on social media or even on, like, phone chat line services mm. because you can't see the person. They're not sitting next to you, and you can just go all out and, and uh, you know, uh, give it right back to them, and it's not going to it's not gonna um, bother you because you don't, you're not with them. Exactly. And that's why it's so easy because they don't know you, you don't know them, and... They could say all kinds of stuff about you and you can say all kinds of stuff about them and um, you don't get any repercussions for it. So let's talk about Will Smith for a second. Yeah. Okay, everybody knows he slapped Chris Rock. Not a good not a good thing to do. Not a good look. No. And people are speculating things that his marriage isn't what the public assumed it to be. Now, I don't know how much of that is true or how much of it is people putting things on, but it seems to be somewhat credible to me. Uh-huh. But then there's also the aspect of Will Smith, who is really into self-help, who supposedly is a nice guy. Uh-huh. So some people would say that the nice guy part of him is an act, but the part of him that slapped Chris Rock is a real part. I would make the argument that they both exist within him. Like... He could genuinely be a nice, caring person yeah. and also, on occasion, do really stupid things like we all do. Uh -huh. And so it's – how do I want to explain this? It, it's like nice people screw up too. Yeah. So how do you – like he should still be punished for that, but how mm -hmm. do you punish somebody without making it seem like they've just been acting their entire career? Like all the um, good, like without I, discounting all the good stuff. I don't, like you know, when I, when I've seen, I mean, the, specifically when I've seen the way that he handled the Janet Hubert, Hubert yeah. situation. Is it Hubert or Hubert? I think it's Hubert. 
Okay. When when he handled that situation on the Fresh Prince reunion. That was super classy. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. I thought he was like, let's just bury the hatchet. I think that we should talk. And, you know, I don't know what kind of conversation she had, he had before. But I'm just so... I, I was just very, very um, impressed. I that was That really impressed me. And I thought, you know what? This guy is... I mean, good on him for doing that. I totally, that really impressed me. I think that, yes, maybe things were building up. It didn't look good, but I'm sure that he knows that. Mm -hmm. I don't think that he came to the um, Oscars wanting to just punch him out. But I think he acted on impulse. Yeah, I do too. I think he acted on impulse. We are, after all, human beings. And sometimes we act on impulse and we realize how stupid we were. But that's what humans do. And I don't think that people should just assume, oh, hey, that's the that's a totally different person because he could be nice, but he could also be mean, too. Exactly. And if and he just happened to let it get the best of him, let his emotions get the best of him. And it wasn't a good look with what he said afterwards, either. No, but, definitely not. But he was, you know, he was in the moment and. When you're caught up in an angry, you know, a moment of anger, you're going to do and say, like, not very smart things. Yeah, he should be punished, but it doesn't mean that all the good stuff he did no longer matters either. Yeah. And so Will Smith is an easy example, but then we can look at everybody in our own lives or ourselves even. We should be punished for the things we did wrong, and yet we are still human and we've still done good things, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's take Justin Bieber for a minute. Okay. Because Justin Bieber has been known for the like really stupid and crazy antics. Like, I think I heard about him like urinating in public yeah. or whatever it is. Like, really stupid things. And somebody being called to his house. Um, I heard other people like Ariana Grande. I don't know if this is true or not, but it sounds really weird. That she went into, like, the bakery and licked every single donut. They showed a clip of that on TV. That's disgusting. That is disgusting. And I'm like, okay, that was stupid. Why would you do that? And she did something stupid. He did something stupid. I'm hoping that they realize that that was really not a good look. And that everything that is shown on social media, it doesn't go away. It's just there. Exactly. It doesn't go away. It's like suspended in cyberspace. So I think that people really have to really think about stuff before they do it. I don't know if I've said it here. Mm -hmm. And I know I would. everything goes back to TYT. I was listening to I TYT. I thought it was Howard Stern. Well, Howard Stern, TYT, <laughs> Secular Talk, Joe Rogan. Uh, those are the, everything goes back to those places, right? But on TYT... They were doing an episode of Old School. And, you know, TYT is more political. And on Old School, they talk about politics, but they also just talk about real life stuff, right? And so Jank was saying, asking the question, well, when is it okay to feel shame? Mm -hmm. Because you should feel it sometimes, but you shouldn't just walk around with shame. Mm -hmm. And that shouldn't just be your default. And his conclusion was, you should feel shame when you realize that you did something wrong. But once you've decided that you're going to correct 
the behavior and no longer act like that, that's when the shame should start to dissipate. And obviously I'm paraphrasing yeah. his words, but that's what I got out of it. Um, and that that's yeah. kind of stuck with me over the years. I think there's some truth to that. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, once you recognize that there is shame, then do something about it. And then once you do something about it, the shame should start to go away. Yes. You shouldn't live with it forever, unless you do something like really over-the-top heinous. Yeah. You know, like killing somebody or, or raping people. I think that people can get over that, mm -hmm. but they also have to face consequences too. Mm -hmm. So I respect a prisoner who has been in prison for killing somebody but he or she um he or she um accepts the consequences and says you know if i have to be in here for the rest of my life then i'll do it because that's what i did exactly. that's what i did and um i respect them more than saying hey i'm going to do whatever i can to get out of prison because i deserve to be out of prison even though i did something wrong i hear you on that one babes yeah so i think that there is some truth to that the way that I would see that in my life when I think about my my own um, way of thinking about things, um, and I know this this uh, I know this doesn't resonate resonate res I can't say it resonate resonate with you. Go ahead. But um, I feel like when I ask God to take away shame. I have to be the one to let it go oh. because he can take anything I give him. I just have to let it go and then know that it's already been taken care of. And then I do something about it, whether I ask for forgiveness from this person or whether I ask to be forgiven for that. God, I mean, okay. Interesting. I ask God to forgive me for it because, um, and it, and and um, it it takes a while, but eventually it it does go away. It does dissipate. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people believe in God, so yeah, you should try it. Oh, uh -uh. well, I gun to my head. I think that there's more to this universe than we fully comprehend. Absolutely, there is, and that could be interpreted as God or aliens, whatever you want to call it. Okay, you know. But we got to talk about the dinner because I think I think there's some things we need to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you took us into this like really. No, you did. Oh, I did. Okay. No, you well, then did. Give me a kiss. No, you oh, did. did. Give me a this kiss. It's gonna be like we we enter the next segments by kissing. Is that how it's gonna work? Well, if that's what you <laughs> want, babes. I didn't say that I wanted. I just well, asking. I could also let you play my flute. <sighs> what? Bubs, come on. All right, give me a kiss. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's so weird. I only have one flute, but I do carry it with me, bro. Uh, <laughs> the skin flutes. Uh, all right, all right, babes, come on. Stop come on. it. Stop it, babes. Hold on, babes. <laughs> so, I love Indian food. As do I. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. And earlier this week, let's, how do we want to phrase this? Okay. First, on Tuesday, we were going to go and see a free concert at Pioneer Square. Uh-huh. And Alana takes, is it called paratransit? Yes. And 
you were on what's called the Lyft, but it's not the Lyft that most people use as yeah. the driving service. Yep. With somebody who I've known for a very long time. I'm not sure she has an issue with me. Yeah. For a long time, I thought she hated my guts. Uh-huh. But then I ran into her in a clubhouse room and she's like, oh, Rick Hammond, I know you. And it was like totally cool. So yeah. I, maybe she doesn't have a problem with me. Yeah. But anyways, you're like, I'm Rick's girlfriend. And what? you two started talking. I, I didn't say it that way. Oh, I'm sorry, babes. You gave her your number. And yeah, because, and I'll, I'll, I'll put it into context. Go ahead. So I went to her friend's party. Yes. The same person who um, organized last night's dinner. And she made a comment that, oh, you know, I, I wish uh, so-and-so's party was still going on because I really wanted to get to know. And she thought, she thought that she wanted to get to know me. And that was my cue to say, oh, um, do you want my info? Yeah. Because I thought, okay, well, this is an opportunity to make a new friend. Who knows? I might become really good friends with this person. And I don't have a lot of friends here in Portland, but I want to make more. It's interesting to me because I thought the girl who you met at the party and ran into on paratransit this week, I thought she had an issue with me. And this is all in Rick's head, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, take this with a massive grain of salt. Because I dated one of her close friends in high school for a couple of years. And it didn't really end the didn't best end very way. well, it yeah. Didn't, it, it's not like we, you know, oh, yeah, it, it didn't end well. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say when you said, oh, uh, yeah. Well, it's not like it ended and, you know, we talk. We're, it's not like we were, even though things ended in high school, we're like, like best besties, friends. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It didn't end that well. Yeah. And um, so I just assumed that she, that's why I assumed that she had an issue with me. But apparently that's, again, all in Rick's head. And you did not get that sense. So you exchanged, you gave her your number. Mm -hmm. And like a day later, she didn't call you, but the lady putting together the event. That was a couple days later. Okay. Whose birthday party you went to back in June called you from her house. Called me from her friend's house, yes. Yeah, the friend's house. Yep. Who you ran into on paratransit. Uh-huh. And invited you to a dinner at an Indian restaurant. Yes, and unfortunately that friend who she was visiting was not able to make it with oh. her family. So uh, that's okay. But um, so we went last night. Can I give the name of the store, the place? If you can pronounce it, go ahead because they have great food. Go ahead. Dwaraka's Dwaraka Indian cuisine. That's hard to say. Like 39th and Hawthorne. Yeah, 39th and Hawthorne. It was really funny because I was the first one to get there. And she was the second one to get there. And we were just talking for a few minutes. And then you were the one, you were the third one to get there. (laughs) And at first, there's a side of the table with chairs. Then on the other side, it's kind of like a bench. Yeah, I was sitting on the bench because I didn't know what place that we were going to be sitting at. And you had to look at her and then switch to me. You had to like crane your neck. Different yeah, ways. I did. I had to strain it. Yeah. So I'm like, why did I say crane it? I don't know. I don't know. I knew what you meant. Yeah. Yeah. I say, well, why don't we sit on the other side so you don't have to strain your neck so much? Yeah. And, and it worked because she was um on my left in the corner. Mm-hmm. 
and you were sitting right next to me. Yes. And then other people were sitting, um, you know, the, this other person sat next to her on her left and vice versa. And then we, um, and then I don't, I think there were other tables, like another table on that other side of the restaurant on Maybe. our right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was really cool. <clears throat> um, but, um, but shall I mention the, 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 the one thing that was really a big surprise? Uh, an ex, a clubhouse comrade came to the dinner and your man is very unobservant about something. Sometimes I have my head and Michael in the clouds and I'm not even like really paying attention to what's going on. Take it from here. And I'm listening to this person's voice and I recognize her name and I whisper, whisper to you, that's so-and-so from Clubhouse. And you, you gasp and you say, you're right. By the way, Alana has only been on Clubhouse when I've been around. She doesn't have a Clubhouse account or anything like that. But I was obsessed with it for like six months. Mm -hmm. So that's how she knows about this person. And I even told you, babes, when we were in bed later that night, that for whatever reason, had you decided not to go and had I gone, I probably wouldn't have even mentioned it to you because I doubt I would have put that together. Yeah. Yeah. But I've, I've noticed that I've been putting things together that even you didn't know. <laughs> okay, so I'm really, really bad at names and that type of stuff, mm -hmm. and and realizing oh, this person is talking about this. Like, I, I'll think of. I'll, let me phrase something. A couple months ago, okay, actually, let me go back further than that. I went out on a date with somebody before my little jewel, mm -hmm. like I don't know, three years earlier. Oh yeah, uh -huh. and. It turns out that my J-Lo was friends with this girl. Yes. Again, I didn't know this at the time. Yes. About a year and a half into our relationship, we go to an event and she sits across from us at the table. Mm -hmm. And I, I would not have even known that unless you had pointed that out to me. Mm -hmm. And about two months ago, maybe three, we're in a van with her. And somebody asked her, do you know Rick and Alana? And she says, yes, I know them. And I, I didn't even pick up on that. I only know that because you told me that afterwards. Yeah, and she and, and she also commented that she knew me back when I was a, when we were teens. Oh, she did remember that. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, well, oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She, she was asked if, um, I think she told um, another friend of ours that, um, she heard me play the flute before. Nice. And I, t I think I commented, yeah, we've known each other since we were teens. See, and that's when I should have said, do you want to hear her play my flute? No, you didn't say that. Th that's what I should have said. No, you didn't. I said that's what I should have said. Oh, first. my goodness. That's <laughs> no, no, no. That's a no, no. That's a no, no. Do you think she remembers our date when me and her went out? If you, if you told her, she might. Okay, I'm not going to bring that up. Why not? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, babes. But it, it was. It doesn't matter. It just didn't work out. <laughs> it was a bit of a train wreck. Yeah, I would. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't ask this question. Maybe go I should ahead. ask it later. No, go ahead. Okay, if you were to judge which date was worse. Yeah. 
The one with the person that we saw last night or the one with said friend? Okay. <laughs> it's very, very close. Yeah. But I think I got to give it to the person who we hung out with last night. <laughs> My date with her was the worst. Yeah. One, it was longer. Yeah. And two, she almost started crying near the end of it. Oh, geez. Because I, I maybe expressed that I didn't want to be in a relationship with her. Oh, my goodness. Did, did we mention here about the karaoke thing that I found out about last um, night? Yeah, we kind of did in the beginning of it. Oh, we did? Okay. Uh-huh. Sorry. I, I, we're going through so many things. So My goodness. But so, so that was the biggest surprise of the night where... Um, he ran into an ex clubhouse friend and ex clubhouse comrade, as we call comrade. him, comrade, as as I call him. Right? Did I tell you, babes? Yeah. I tried to start a clubhouse show called the Clubhouse Comrades. Oh, you did when when I was like really into it, and the premise would be that me and a couple of people I know from real life would be on at the same time and just go and start a room together. Uh-huh. And then what happened is people started going into the room that we didn't really dig. Uh-oh. So we stopped doing the clubhouse comrades. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, no. That's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she did was it, never in that room, though. Didn't she say that... <laughs> That you were on Green Room and you, you were trying to start up a room called the Greenhouse Gangsters or whatever yeah, it is. I wanted to do a collaboration. <laughs> the Green Room Gangsters, the rather. Gre green Room Gangsters slash Clubhouse Comrades. <laughs> and I would pipe in the audio from club the Clubhouse Comrades into my Green Room Gangster room. But I never did it. I was trying to figure out how to make that work. <laughs> but, yeah, I... um. Yeah, I put it together really quick, and I'm thinking, oh, boy, this is going to be interesting. Um, and you asked me a question yesterday. You said, do you think she put two and two together? I'm like, I don't know that she did. Mm. She probably didn't realize it until you actually tell her. And I'm not going to do that. You're not? No, because things kind of got a little bit tricky in that clubhouse community. and Well, know. I felt that, um, and I... I'm just kind of observing what was going observing what was going on. I think she felt more comfortable with her um with her peeps. Yeah, and that's totally cool. I, that's I feel cool. the same way too. And that's cool. You know, we were comfortable on our side. She was comfortable with her side. She also was talking to the guy that was sitting across from us. I don't know that guy, but he seemed like a really cool dude. He seemed like a really nice guy, yeah. yeah. I think that you know, and he was talking to us about the kind of music he likes, and I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um yeah, he actually does seem like a nice guy. My armpits have been really itchy recently. I just wanted to know. So that's why I kind of like pushed you aside this now. It's because I had to stretch out my armpit to scratch it. No, I'm being serious. They've been like itchy the last couple of weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are, are, you're not being bitten by mosquitoes, are you? And maybe something like that. But I've been trying to incorporate more garlic into my diet. Oh, really? Because that... It changes the way either your blood tastes or smells. Yeah. And so mosquitoes don't like it. Oh, yeah. Um, I also think that um, off repellent really works for me. Oh, so you just spray it on yourself? and then If I have it, yes. Mm. Um, because when I was at camp, I used to spray it on me, and it didn't smell bad at all. It yeah. kind of smelled like, um, it, to me, it almost smelled like roses. Nice. And um, I would spray that stuff on me when I went to camp, but... The mosquitoes don't bother me here that much. Mm. The the mosquitoes in Hawaii do. I mean, they they just, ugh. 
That's interesting because they don't bother me in Hawaii. Usually what happens, babes, is when I go back, they'll bother me for like a week. Mm-hmm. And then I don't get any more mosquito bites from them. Mm. That's a tr- <clears throat> that's interesting. But but Hawaii, I mean, I I remember just being just bitten by mosquitoes, little here, little there. But in but in the Northwest, no, not really. Yeah. Anyways, I'm I'm sorry, I took us off topic. So the like dinner that. last night, mm-hmm. the waiter was really good with everything. Oh, he was amazing. He he was good with them describing where things were to people. He addressed us. As, he addressed us as "ma'am" and "sir." Oh, did he? I don't even remember that. Yes, very nice man. Yeah. Um, very. I mean, when when I was the first one to come in, he knew right away that um, there was going to be a dinner and and escorted me where I was supposed to be. And I thought, I thought he was great. I thought he was too. That's why I gave him an extra tip, yeah. even though it was included on the bill. Yeah. So this is going to sound maybe ignorant on my part. Yes. At this point, I just assume most people have eaten Indian food before uh-huh. because I've eaten it a lot through the years. Uh-huh. Like it's not like I've been to one or two Indian restaurants. I I I've had roommates who are from India. Yeah, I've had other friends who really liked Indian food. I've uh-huh. had other friends of mine who are from India. Yeah, so I've just. I mean, it's just like no thing for me to eat Indian food. Yeah. But there were a few people at the table who had never had it before. And I, were, I, I was know. kind of shocked by that. I, well, I mean, I know that there was one woman that was there that had a really hard time with the pronunciation of stuff. Yeah. Which I get. Yeah. If you haven't eaten a lot of Indian food, it's hard to say the 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 what it is. And, um, you know, reading it <clears throat> on my iPad was a little bit was a little bit tricky too yeah but um no i i love indian food i don't know which one i love more mexican food or indian food but it's really close but then i like a little bit of um you know i like all different kinds of food too not just indian but you know greek hawaiian filipino (laughs) filipino nice filipino um I would love to try some real, like, authentic French food because um, my friend, our friend was talking to me about um, that that restaurant, Petite Provence. Yeah. And um, there's a couple, I met you too. There's a couple of them, uh, of course, here. And it's like the Americanized version of um, French food. Yeah. Sorry, I just stretched my arm again. I understand. Because my pit. <laughs> No, 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 I'm sorry. Would you like to lick the inside of my pit? Ew! Why? Not? Why? Why is that gross? Well, Why? No human I know does that. Oh, yeah. well, that's a good point. Maybe dogs. <laughs> they like to lick, you know, they like to lick people if they like you, so. <laughs> Maybe they'll like the smell. <laughs> you know, I really quick, I know What's we're kind of getting off, off track here. That's okay. But I noticed that when... um. You know, dogs really have a heightened sense of smell than humans. I wonder how strong their sniffers are when they're sniffing a nice human or a or a bad one. Yeah, I don't know. And I remember hearing somewhere, I think it was on an old infomercial, that dogs smell, their sense of smell something like 75,000 times greater than humans. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, this was on TV in the 90s. So they may have exaggerated that 
somewhat. Yes. But I remember thinking, that's got to be horrible for the dog. <laughs> but then I thought to myself, okay, yeah, but you're looking at from your perspective as a human. They might actually enjoy that most of the time. Yeah, I mean, that's why they that's why they sniff other dogs' butts because they can tell what kind of a dog they are. Interesting. Whether or not they're friend or foe. And they sniff humans because that's how they, you know, learn what's around them is with their nose. Have you ever wondered, babes, what it would be like to be a crocodile? No. It seems like it would be a very primitive life. I guess, yeah. No, I, I, I would never. No, I never imagined it. Because no. all you do is kill stuff and eat, right? Like I well, think they swim. They swim, but that's their main purpose in life is to kill and eat. I think with an alligator, it'll kill you. But if it's been, if it's full of eating, like if it's eaten a lot and you don't antagonize it, I think you can be okay around it. Mm-hmm. I think crocodiles will go after you even if they've already just eaten. Yeah, I don't know. I I can't say. Mm. I always wonder what it would have been like if I was a if I ended up a dog. Interesting. Because I mean, if you're a pet dog, you're you know you're bathed, you're petted, you're walked every so often, you're um. You sleep a lot, you know your 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 belly your belly's rubbed, mm-hmm. and you sniff things because that's how you take in everything. Maybe you'll reincarnate as a dog. I don't think so. I, but and anyway, I'll come back as a crocodile, and it'll be a bizarre love story. Okay, but anyway, we're <laughs> we're, we're off track here. It'll be called Dogadile. <sighs> That'll be the name of our romantic comedy about a a, a male crocodile who falls <sighs> in love with a pe- female dog. Oh my goodness! No, no, no. Um, uh, no. Well, we're getting off track, but dinner. Okay. I mean, dinner was excellent. Yes. I really want to go back there again. There's these things called pakoras, and they kind of remind me of like uh, tempura. So last night was the first time you've had pakoras because I've had them before. Yes, they were. Okay, I've had them many, many times. And I was surprised because I wasn't sure how it was going to taste in the chickpea batter. Yeah, but it was delicious. And you had a really good mango lessi. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. It was delicious. I tasted yours several times because I wanted to make sure it tasted the same as mine. Which is even funnier because we both ordered the same thing. Mm-hmm. I love mango. And um, our friend was like, oh, my goodness, you guys are weird. Oh, did you say that? <laughs> well, she was like, yeah. Nice. You know, it was weird. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah, didn't. Yeah, we had a joke that um would really irritate one of your friends that if we went to a restaurant together. You would try a bit of my Pepsi. I'd try a bit of yours. Let me give the setup. Okay. My friend is black, which I only say because it's important to the story. Yeah. And we're hanging out one day talking about, you know, things that people do. And he's like, you know, oh God, the one thing I don't like about white people is they always share their food when they're at the dinner table together. They always eat off each other's plates. And I'm like, man, that's not true. And he's like, no, Rick, it is true. It's true, Rick. Trust me. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, he's just saying that to get a reaction out of me. And I, I know white people. I'm not proud of it, but I do. Hey, you are one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and like over the next couple of months, you know, because I hang around with white people, I noticed, oh, he's actually right about this. Well, not just white people. I mean, Asian people do it too. Oh, but. I would imagine African people do it too. I don't know. I, I, I just don't do it because I'm kind of greedy that way with my food. If I order something, it's not because I want to share it with other people. <laughs> so that's why I don't do it. And then I, I had the thought of, 
Yeah, but why do you do it with me then? Because I'm you're my girlfriend. That's different. Okay. It's different than sharing it with a whole table. Oh, yeah. I don't always like to do that. Yeah, yeah. My thought was, okay, when he comes to town, we're going to order, both order Pepsis, and we're going to share them in front of him. <laughs> but it was just so funny because I got the mango lassie. Yeah. It's right there. And then you start grabbing him like, hey. <laughs> Hey, what are you doing? I wanted to see what it tasted like. And they like. said, I didn't even drink it yet. I wanted to see what it tasted like. But it was going to taste the same way as yours. I didn't know that. Oh, yes, you did. But I thought it was really funny. I'm like, oh, and then all of a sudden I'm like, all right, you can have some of mine. Yeah. Can I have some of yours? And you're like, okay. <laughs> yes. I should have said, I'm sorry, I don't share drinks with anybody. And it was funny because um our um the 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 girl that was sitting on my left, she was like, Yeah, I got some water. You want a taste of my water? <laughs> or 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 uh I forgot what she said, like, you want a taste of mine? And I was just started laughing. Nice. That <laughs> was funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I always grew up Sorry, I have know, to lift my arm. I always grew up sharing stuff with my family because I was always told to share your stuff. Yeah. So that was like ingrained. Um, but then there were times in my life where I'm just like, I don't want to share this. Yeah. I should be able to not, you know, to be greedy once in a while, even though I'm usually not greedy. Exactly. I just feel like, you know, I remember when, and this kind of irritated me too. Go ahead. I remember when I made a lot of money for my summer job in 98. And uh, my aunt was uh, like, oh, you should share it with your cousins. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. This is like my first big real paycheck. Yeah. I shouldn't have to share with anybody, but I think I did just because I had enough. But Oh, my goodness. I should have been like, no, I don't want to do that. Oh, my goodness. But I was always taught from when I was very little to all, you know, to share my things. Yeah, and I think my parents would have liked it if I learned that lesson, but I am kind of a greedy mofo in a lot of ways. (laughs) It's not a good quality. It's just the way I am. And I didn't even really realize that, babes, until we started seeing each other. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, you, you, I have noticed a change in your generosity. Yeah. Um, Well, I've always been a good tipper. I've always done that. No, not that. Okay, go ahead. I meant with, um, you know, with sharing stuff. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have to give me your pan. Yes. And um, and I just, I, I appreciate it. So I must be um, doing something good, I guess. I guess so. The but no, I mean, if I have enough, I will, I will share um, food or. Yeah. Like for real, I think a big reason I never wanted kids is because I'm like, well, why would I want to share my stuff with them? Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh, yes. no wonder. No wonder. Greedy man. Oh, wait, I was, no, I'm just protective. If you were a Smurf, you would be greedy Smurf. Okay, okay. There is a greedy Smurf, too. Nice, nice. But, no. Man after my own heart. My goodness. <laughs> but it was a really good dinner. It was excellent. My, um, I had this, um, chicken makani, which is basically butter chicken. Yeah. And that buttery sauce was still warm after the last piece of chicken. I had a biryani, which is always good, chicken mm-hmm. biryani. Mm-hmm. And uh, your dish was better than mine, though. It was a little, it had a touch more spice, but I liked it a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. I w- yours is good, too, though. Mine was good, too, but I liked yours more. 
Ah, I think the next time we go there, I'm going to order that same dish with rice. Nice. Oh, they didn't have rice in it. No, he asked That's me right, if I, I wanted no, um, rice or naan with it. Nice. And I said naan. Nice, nice. And I had the, the naan on the side, so. Yeah, we had a lot of naan. I think I ate six pieces last night. I only ate, like, I think two. Two or, I think I might have eaten two or three. I always do that in Indian restaurants, babes. I'll always stuff my face. Yeah, but when are you going to go there the next time, too? That's a good point. Like, and I do make Indian food at home. Yeah. But for real, I'm not going to make it like they do at the restaurant because I'm just going to make like either biryani or you know, chicken tikka masala, chicken tikka masala, or a simple veg curry. Yeah. Or some mango lessi, but I'm not going to do that and make samosas. Yeah. You know, and all the other stuff. Have you made samosas? No, I've never made samosas. Oh, so we, um, you and I've, I I've split, had them a lot though, but I've never made them. Yeah. So, um, you and I split the, um, meat samosas yep. and they were really good. Oh yeah. They kind of reminded me of like round egg rolls and their sauces were good too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I mean that, that restaurant was, oh, it was so good. I love a good samosa, but I've heard that they're a little bit difficult to make. Which is why oh, yeah? I've never done it. Yeah. But maybe oh. I should look into that again. Oh, if 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 we go there again, um we should either order like the samosas for appetizers or the pakoras. Yeah. Those are really good. Those I, I really couldn't good. believe how good they were. Um, um yeah, I wish the naan though were the only the only criticism I would say about the naan is I wish it were butterier. Yeah. That's the only criticism I have because I'm surprised I don't think they made it with ghee. Yeah, and you've tasted mine. Yes, I have, and I tasted other naan from different Indian places. Mm -hmm. I think mine is better than theirs. I would say so. Nice. I would say so, yes. Well, good. So how do you put that in the middle? Well, you, you put it in the dough when you're actually mixing it up. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, and so the butter. Yeah. Yes. But ghee is a different kind of butter. Ghee is clarified butter. So you cook... As a blind person, it's a little bit difficult to make ghee, which is why I buy it. Yeah. But I know the technique of making it is you cook the butter, and when it melts, there's this, like, white stuff that floats to the top. Yeah. And you take, um, you take, you know, something to, like, basically get it out. And then what's left over is a clarified butter. Mm. And, again, I've never done it because it's very visual, but I know the process of doing it. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, so needless to say, dinner was just amazing. Yes. I hope we go back there again. I do too. Because they treated us really well. Before we get to the movie, babes. Yep. We did dance on Tuesday. Yes, we did. We danced to a, um, a band called Stump City Soul. They were really good. They were really good. They got everybody up, it seemed like. And, and by the time they started, I think there was already a big crowd. Or at least um, close to a big crowd. I'm sad that we won't be going to the last noon tunes yeah. this week, but we've gone to a lot of them. We have gone to a lot of them, and we had to miss the first one. I yeah. can't remember why, but we did miss the first one. And I have an appointment at one, so it just wouldn't really work out that well. No. But I am excited that we are going to see Leon Bridges on Monday. I'm very excited. I'm not excited that, that the weather is supposed to be 90, but... No. But, I mean, by the time we get out of there, I think uh, I think it's going to be well worth it. Here's the deal. 
I have an old straw hat that I got many, many, many years ago. Like, between the time I got that hat and the time I started dating Alana, I dated, like, two or three other people. Um, and I think I was single when I got the hat. So it's it's been it's been a minute since I've had it. It's clearly on its last legs. Do you have another hat like that? I do, but I didn't want to bring that one last night because also, let's say something happens to the hat at the Moda Center. Yeah. It it's not that big of a deal if it happens to this one because I'm probably gonna throw it away soon anyway. Yeah. So I brought so here's what happened. I saw the le- uh, the weather the other day before I came to dinner. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to bring some sort of hat. So I got that, and I do have a ball cap that I found. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, it's, and I also got this one years ago, but it's in better shape. It's red with white lettering on it. And from a distance, somebody might look at it and think that I'm like a MAGA person. So I'm a little bit nervous I, for that, but I did bring it as a backup. I personally think that it's their problem. It's not yours. Mm. I mean, even if you're not, you should, e- even if you're not, you should be able to wear red hats in public. And I think people get triggered way too much with that. Oh. I do. I think they use it as an excuse to um, attack people. <laughs> I do. It's ridiculous. It's like a pe- people are upset about red hats or red shirts or whatever. It's like, what's wrong with you? I don't know. That's a good point. You know what I mean? It's it's not really your problem. It's not your fault that they're that way. It's that they decide to be that way. I hear you. What I might do, babes, yeah. is have you bring your purse and put my red hat in there until we get to the line. And then I'll just take out the hat and wear it when, when we're in the line to get into the Moda Center. And then have you put the hat back in your purse. Why? What would be, what would be the point? Well, the point is so I don't get sunburned when we're in line. Because we're probably going to be oh, waiting. Or maybe, or maybe you, maybe the straw, is a straw hat going to help still? It'll help, but it's it's very like falling apart at the same time. Oh, boy. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Yes. Well, either either way, I mean, I personally don't think you should have a problem with it. Oh, but I'm very excited. But you're going to put your hat, you should put your hat in your backpack. I don't want to take my backpack to the Moda Center, though. Oh. Just because they'd have to search through it. Uh, so I might just have you putting your pussy, Percy. Percy. Yes. In case that actually makes sense. Percy. <laughs> um, Leon Bridges is awesome as a singer. Yeah. So I think we're going to have a fun time. Yes, we are. Yes. Yes, we are. Yes. But babes. Yes. We eat the dinner, mm-hmm. have some good conversations, people start leaving, we come back to your place, and you change into uh, more uh, loose attire. Let's put it to you that way. It's just comfortable clothing mm-hmm. that I would wear in the house. Mm-hmm. I fire up the VPN because my little JLo wanted to watch Can't Buy Me Love. Yeah, because I've been hearing about it. And they don't have it streaming here, but in the UK, it's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Which I'm probably going to get rid of at the end of the year. I got, like, a deal for it oh, yeah. when it first started. Oh, yeah. But the US version isn't that good. 
Anyways, that's a whole, a whole story for a, a whole another time. Yeah. And we watched the movie. Mm-hmm. Would you like to give a brief overview? So basically, um, this girl named Cindy Mancini is one of the popular girls at her high school. She's a popular girl. There's another guy whose name is Ronald Miller, and he's like the dork who uh, mows people's lawns, and he's running on his lawnmower. And he runs into Cindy at school, and he says, um, wait, did he, did he run into her at school? Oh, no, oh, I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry. He, um, so a lot of things happen before this happens. He runs into her at the mall. I'm sorry. And she wants to buy this dress because she ruins a suede outfit that well, she. Hold on real quick. What? Sorry to interrupt you. What? Do you remember how he runs into her at the mall? Yeah, hmm. because he, because she spills, um, wine on the suede outfit no what? yes but no so there's more to it than that he wants to buy a telescope yeah and it costs a thousand dollars right so he's at the mall testing this out and he sees her walking into a department store and she and clearly he, looks upset yeah and then he runs over there right. to buy her a new dress that also costs a thousand dollars even right. though that's kind of where that they're both the same price and this is a mall back in the 1980s yeah but anyways, go ahead. He wants to buy her a dress and she um and and he offers to do it, but she said I think she said no, right? At first. At first she said no, but then he said, Okay, um we are not gonna buy the outfit, but he did say, Look, I wanna rent you. Like you wanna rent me? Yeah, I wanna rent you so I could look really cool in front of my friends, basically is what he said. Mm-hmm. And he does. She doesn't know what his name is. She keeps calling him Donald, which is kind of funny. And it's like, well, and 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 one more thing. My name is Ronald. It's not Donald. It's like, okay. So they hang out for like a good month. She sits next to him. All his friends are like, "This is really weird. Why are you sitting next to them?" This jerk named Quint, who's supposed to be a part of the, um, the popular guys, is just bullying him relentlessly. Um. So his friends are just like, you're weird. Why are you sitting next to her? And um, so they hang out for a month. Um, they go, I think one of the last places they go together was to the, um, was it the airplane graveyard or something? This air, this place yeah. where you can see a bunch of airplanes. It's, I don't think that's the last place, but that's when she's starting to really get into this dude. Right. And um, when she's looking at the moon through a telescope and she's like, I really like this. And then she she shows him a bunch of papers with their poetry and nobody knows about it except for him. So he stages a breakup because his friends are thinking that they're together and he stages a breakup. But she's really upset about this. And I think at the time he doesn't know that. Right. He becomes super cool for a minute. For a minute, yeah. He's even going with the um, the one of her friends to the dance. After being with another one of her friends. After being with another one of her friends. and. By the way, can I just stop you for a second? What? I love the dance scene where he starts doing this really dorky dance. And at first I'm thinking, this is when they're going to realize that this kid is just a complete idiot. Yeah. Or geek, rather. 
and everybody's going to turn on him. But then they're like, well, if he's doing it, maybe we should do it too. Yeah, and it's called the um, the anteater uh, ritual or whatever it is. Yeah. And I think he saw they. I think it was like the African anteater ritual, and he saw it on the show he was watching on PBS because his brother changed it to the wrong <laughs> channel. It wasn't. It was an American bandstand. Yeah, that was really funny. And meanwhile, as he's going on these dates, his little brother Chucky is just hiding in. <laughs> I love that part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and 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 and, and even his um, this one guy John uh, Richmond um, mooned him a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a scene where he was in the car with um, Cindy's friend Patty and and um, and Chucky was like hiding in the blanket? They get out of the car, and John comes over, pulls down his pants, and moons his little brother. And, he's, and, he, and he runs away or collapses? After everybody walks away from the car, I believe he opens the door and tries to crawl out of it, if I'm remembering the correct scene. Yeah. Yes. So, so Cindy is really upset because she sees Ron with a bunch of her friends. Yep. Um, and, you know, getting with the girls that have more dates than I can count. And she's actually getting along with her mom. And... Um, She's just really upset at this, and um, there's a whole bunch of things that happen. Um, everything comes to a head when he they go to this um, New Year's Eve party, and they go to the New Year's Eve party, and things are happening there. He gets with some girl named Iris, and um, this one person, Bobby, that she used to like was um yelling at her in the other room remember that scene yep they come out and then she starts yelling about how uh ronald paid her off yep and that at least she did it for money but they just followed him because she did it yep he his reputation is completely ruined now yep everybody's ignoring him the popular girls don't even know who he is anymore um uh Chucky runs into Cindy at the mall. I like that, I like that scene. Yeah. That was really funny. <clears throat> um, and she doesn't know what to think. Uh, could you could you finish it off? Ronald keeps trying to talk to her, but she's ignoring him. Finally, she agrees. And then some time goes by. He's mowing her lawn. A bunch of cool kids come to her place to make out and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm white. I'm young. It's the 80s. We're making out. She goes in the car. That's what she said. She didn't say it. It was implied. (gasps) They drive down the road for like a minute. She gets out of the car and comes back to your man, Ron. And that's when the movie ends. Yeah. And they end up kissing at the, um, towards the end of the movie. Yes. Yes. There's some stuff in here that's very hard to (laughs) Yeah. Like the telescope and her dress just happen to be the same price. I know. And her dress is $1,000 in a mall in the 1980s. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, But I did like this movie. I thought it was so funny that... um that Patrick Dempsey would be the geeky guy on the lawnmower. And, and he really was a geek in this movie. Mm. Um. And it's just so it's just so funny. I mean, I was a little kid in the eighties, so I don't know what high school life was back then. Yeah. Because we both were in high school in the nineties. Late nineties. In the late nineties. Um and so it was very different for us. 
Yes. But I thought it was kind of, I thought it was funny how that was. And I went to high school to very like hippie high school type of environment. So it I, wasn't your typical fair. I know. You know. I know. You know. You say it a lot. Well, because it bears repeating. And oh, I have a, Novo again. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and Alana went to a very Republican. No, I didn't. Anti-hippie high school. Ah, what? Wasn't Tucker Carlson your uh, science teacher? No, okay. Bubs. Okay. And you have to remember, I didn't get into politics until my late 20s. Oh, okay. What? Babes, what are you doing? Ah, Give cheap, me a kiss. Cheap shot. Oh, my goodness. I know, I know. Tucker Carlson doesn't believe in science. All right, all right. All right. Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. Oh, it, oh, no, 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 no. Fighting no. wood. Oh, fighting wood. Yeah. <laughs> okay, stop, stop, stop. stop right, give me a kiss. No. All right, then we're not no, talking. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Give me a kiss. Then. I love you, babes. Okay. I like this movie. I'd give it a seven. What about you? Yeah, I would at uh, least give it um, a seven to a strong uh, seven just because yeah. there were some things in there that did make me laugh. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um you know the 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 way that Cindy was um handling everything with the uh, you know with the the two uh, two of her friends mm -hmm. I don't know I just thought it was funny Yeah cuz they both got with uh Ron and they were trying to say oh we knew he was a fake the whole time and she's like then why were you with him Yeah exactly That was cool Yeah but but you could see that there were um there was a twinge of the old Ron in there. Absolutely. And that he really like like the one scene, there was a scene before the ending of the movie where they it, I think it was Halloween night and they and he was egging and throwing like a tomato at uh his friend uh Ken's he place. He threw dog shit at his friend's place. And the yeah. other kids he were, was with were doing the egging and the tomato tossing. Oh, okay. Yes. And he really like messed things up with his friend, at least for that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What does this film teach us about the desire to be liked? Well, um, you know, people talk about dopamine, right? Mm -hmm. The more dopamine hits we get, the more it makes us feel good. Yeah. Right. You you get so many likes on social media, you feel really good, even if you don't know them. You get liked in the public and you feel like, hey, I'm a stand-up guy. Um, I don't know why anyone wouldn't like me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and it's, um, it's just straight-up dopamine. And sometimes that could, be, um, that could be considered an idol if you don't take care of it. What can we learn about copying others? Because the only reason he's popular is because Cindy goes out with him. And, he, and she's so good at being popular that he can do a dumb dance and get super popular right. people to copy it. Well, because he knew um, that she was popular and he used it to his advantage. Mm -hmm. And because he used it to his, his advantage, he was smart. He was smart and he knew that if I did it because I was hanging out with her, then other people are going to follow me. And then that's how it's going to work. I'm going to give you an odd example of something. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> Do you remember, I think it was a little over 12, 10 years ago. Yeah. There was this video about a guy named Joseph Coney. 
And it's basically a white dude whose wife is giving birth to a white baby. Joseph Coney? No, I never heard this. Okay, guy. so th- it starts off, a white guy is filming the birth of his first kid. I'm okay. assuming it's his first kid. Yeah. And it's, spoiler alert, it's a white baby. And yeah, then he, and- he goes into this thing about, yeah. well, but in Africa, there's this really evil guy named Joseph Coney who has all these child soldiers. Oh, Wow. I, I don't like this word, but it felt very privileged and very, come on, dude. So he but was trying to race bait. It wasn't that he was, it's trying to race bait. But it, well, yes, and there's more to the story than that. Okay. Joseph Coney was a really bad guy who had these child soldiers. I didn't even know about him. But the way I understood it is this guy blew it out of proportions. But here's why I bring that up. Video comes out and it's like a, a 30-minute video that could have been 10 minutes if he cut off. Of, of his wife's uh, birth. Well, that's part of it, but I'm talking about the video, all of it. It's mm-hmm. like close to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think you could have done a more effective job in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. This thing passed around the internet like wildfire. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of people sending me links to the video. It was all over Facebook. I watched it, and I'm like, because one of the things they're doing is they're telling people to share this with people. Really? So I watched and I'm like, there's no way I'm sharing this with everybody. That sounds, and, yeah. So hold on. So, and everybody I know on at the time on Facebook was sharing the video around, like it was the most, most important thing ever. Comes out that the filmmaker exaggerated a lot of stuff and is a little bit cray. So um, Hold on, I have to ask you a question. Did this also go around on YouTube? Because I, I did, probably didn't know about it because I was not on um, social media. Yes, it was on YouTube. And oh. that's when they, they encourage people to share it. Wow. But the point of this isn't to talk about the platforms that the video was on. Yeah. The point of it is to say there's something about the crowd mentality to either share a video or copy a stupid dance because we see other people doing it. Yeah. And to me, that's why the prom scene stuck out. It was really funny, mm-hmm. but it speaks to a truth about us when we get into a crowd of people. Well, that would be the same thing with, um, who do I want to, um, what, I'm trying to remember how how to compare it to. Oh. Um, uh, let me think. Yeah, it's it's true. It's it it is how that that is. Like if somebody had like for example, if you want to and and I guess I I don't think I even talked about this. So I went to homecoming twice in my high school years. And the second time I went to homecoming, my date's ex-girlfriend shows up and her hair is dyed black when her original hair color was blonde. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why I could th- I could think as to why she would do it is because she knew that I was going with him and I had black hair. Oh. That's the only reason why she would ever dye her hair black. Otherwise there's no reason why she would do that. Um I don't know, I could be totally wrong about it, but I think that's what what um she thought would get him back and and um and fast forward, he never went back with her. But, nice. but I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean, people will do crazy things to see if they'll get likes on social media or 
they'll get liked in, in the public eye. And that's a version of what people did when they are copying Ron. It's just like a modern day version of it. Right. And that was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, this is a good movie. Yeah, and it is so true because high school kids are trying to figure out themselves and the girls want to be liked by the guys and then guys vice versa. And girls want to be liked by other girls and guys want to be liked by other guys. Mm-hmm. And they'll just do anything to um, to get a like. Nice. It's sad but true. Yes. Yeah. So that Joseph Coney story, I I didn't even know about that. Yeah, so it's true that he was a warlord and had child soldiers. Yeah. But there there was some controversy over it was all put together. I'm really surprised you didn't hear about this video. Because I think it was called like Joseph Coney 2012, something like that. And it was all around the internet. I guess I wasn't paying attention to that because yeah. there's some things that go around the internet that I didn't even know about. Yeah, you were not missing much. It wow. was It was like... Was he just talking about it? He talked about it and, and the whole thing is let's make Joseph Coney famous so that he can no longer exploit children. Well, oh, oh here's what I want to um, compare it to. What's up? It's like James Fry and A Million Little Pieces. Mm. You know what I mean? How... He duped Oprah Winfrey into thinking that a lot of the stories in his book were true. And then he was brought back on to the show and said, why did you lie to your fans? I know that she got criticism for bringing them back on and people thought that she was too harsh. I thought she was completely justified. I do too, because it's like I spend all my time getting this author on the show come to find out he lied about most of his book. Yep, That's not right. I don't know if it was most of it, but there were definitely or or a lot of it, or maybe even all of that. There's a lot of fiction. Yeah, and so and and I would I would have been very upset putting that show together, saying why did you why did you lie to me, my staff, and the fans of your book? Oh, and I think she was very, um, I think she was very um correct in asking those questions because some people are not held accountable to what they write exactly and uh and i think um after that sales for that book uh plummeted i'm guessing nice i I hope so well good (laughs) a million little pieces yeah but you're not missing much with the joseph coney it's basically an excuse for this guy to show us that he has a white son uh and you know that's how i felt about it yeah, I, I it, it starts off with like, "Do you have the time to watch this video?" And then it's like his wife giving birth, and then he goes to the thing about Joseph Coney, and it's like, "Come on, dude, we don't need to see your wife giving birth." And yeah. at one point in the uh, video, he's interviewing his son, who's now like four, and I'm like, Come "That's on. insane!" Really? I'm like, just because you two have the same name, or maybe it isn't really his name. I don't know. I think it's ridiculous. Who has the same name? Joseph Coney. Has the same name as who? As Joseph Coney. No, there's nobody other than the, the warlord named Joseph Coney in the video. Oh, but the, but what is that guy's name in the video? Oh, I don't know. The guy who made the video. Oh. I, mean, I don't think he named his son Joseph Coney. No, I thought his name was Joseph Coney. That's the name of the warlord, but that's not the name of the guy who made the video. But but he he made it to say I'm better than him because I have a white baby. It's not said that way in the video, but this is the way I interpreted it. it sounds like race baiting to me. 
It seemed that way to, to me. But a lot of people are like, oh, this is the best video ever. And, oh. Racial propaganda is what I call it. Or Yeah, that's how it felt to Rick. Yeah, that, that, that's insane. And it doesn't make Joseph Coney a good person. But it's like, there, to me, it seems like there was a better way to deliver that message. Now, having said that, like a billion people watched this video. So it did get out there. But it also got out there that the um, filmmaker was a little bit nuts. So, um... So what was he asking his son? He was just like, oh, do you know who the bad guy is in this? And he showed his son a whole bunch of pictures. It was something like that. That's insane. And then I think, I hope I'm getting this right, the director of the video, the guy with the kid. Yeah. I believe he was arrested for exercising outside, but he was like naked. Ew. So, so he was doing like push-ups naked outside in public. Oh, some, so that's like indecent exposure. Yeah, it was something crazy like that. That's insane. Yeah. That's just... Wow. I hope I'm getting that part of it right. I know, I know. For some reason, and I'm glad I didn't know about it because that's just that's just crazy. Yes. If I'm getting that part wrong, it's my own fault. And it's what I believe to be true at this moment. I don't want to look for it, but yeah. <laughs> that's insane. Yes, yes. Do you have time to watch this video? Well, I'd have a little bit more time if you didn't waste it with your wife uh, pushing out the kid. Uh oh. Well, maybe you should have added more footage and showed her in Lama's class. Did you see all of that? You didn't see all. It was obviously condensed, but okay. I thought the video would have been a lot better without that stuff. Yeah. I'm like, what is the point? Me. Yeah. I mean, if he was supposed to make people aware of Joseph Coney, that would have been different, but he didn't. He right? did make more people aware of him. That he was crazy. But again, he's also, the director is also a little bit out there. The director of the, the film. That's what I just said. Yeah. So it's it's like, uh, come on, bro. Which was him, right? What do you mean was, was him? The guy that was talking on the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's okay. narrating it and he directed it, I believe. Yeah, sounds like a crazy push into me. Well, good. It's probably taken down already, I'm guessing. No, I think it's still on there. It's super popular. Wow. Yeah. But anyways, uh, is there anything else you want to say about Can't Buy Me Love or Joseph Coney 2012 video? Oh, my goodness. Um, That's a crazy video. I won't watch it. You don't need to. And, um, yeah, I, I did enjoy it. It was definitely very 80s, but the, I enjoyed it. Can't Buy Me Love was. Yes. Yes. I'm very proud to say that I didn't, I was not one of those people who was sharing the Joseph Coney video. Okay. Now, I've done plenty of other stupid stuff, but that was not one of them. <laughs> no, you were smart in that way. <laughs> yeah. I want to have a baby uh, with a white girl, no offense to you, babes, just so I can make a stupid video around it and challenge people to watch it. No, don't do that. Okay. That's stupid. Uh -oh. That would be the ultimate stupid thing. Well, maybe not the ultimate one, but one of them. <laughs> a stupid thing you could do. There we go, babes. Well, J-Lo, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, I think I need a nap, but... Oh, okay. Um, I hope you don't mind. No, that's fine. Uh, but... Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it was a nice, um, evening yesterday. There we go, babes. I really enjoyed myself. Yes, I did too. That's right. All right. All right, babes, unless there's anything else you want to talk about. No. You want to give me a kiss? Okay. Okay. Bubs. Mm. Stop it. All right, give me a kiss. All right, babes. Okay. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.